What we're getting into today is the next part of our sermon series on the stories Jesus told. And we started this two weeks ago, so this is part three. If you've missed those, catch up on the um, website. We've got those to get up to where we're going. We've been looking at some of the parables. And what I've been doing over these first few weeks is looking at the parables of the kingdom that we find in Matthew 13. Sarah just read the next part of our uh, passage that we're going through. We've just basically been working through Matthew 15. We're finishing that today. And next week, we're going to be looking at some of the parables of salvation. We have Andy Martin as a guest speaker. He's uh, dialing in from Cairo, Egypt to bring the sermon on that, the first one of the parables of salvation. And uh, we'll be looking at Luke 15, uh, the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. So get ready for that next week. And so what we've learned so far about the parables is they are um, little stories with big ideas um, um, that are very easy, very accessible. Even children know about these things, um, but they are also deep spiritual truths embedded in them. And we've seen that these parables conceal and also reveal they conceal truth from those who lack uh, genuine uh, genuine kind of religious seriousness those who are not interested and so they could they, they kind of obfuscate and conceal those things but they also reveal to those who are genuinely seeking god they reveal truth about god about who he is um, and about his kingdom to those who want to know more and so in one sense they bring judgment on those who are opposed to God and opposed to things of God. And to those who seek God, they bring enlightenment and hope and truth. And so as we've gone through Matthew 13, we've been learning about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is God's ruling and reigning in this world. Uh, the kingdom of God isn't a geographical kingdom that we can kind of go to uh, and fall, find on a map. It's about God's dynamic rule in people and places and moments in time. And Jesus has been teaching through Matthew 13 all about the kingdom of God. And it began with the parable of the sower about how the kingdom of God comes uh, through the preaching of the word and the word finding good soil and then reaping abundant harvest. And then last week we looked at the parable of the weeds and the mustard seed and the leaven and we saw how the kingdom of God exists in the world and alongside the world, but it is growing and multiplying and growing in size and influence and one day will consume kind of everything um, at the end. And so what we're going to look at today is the next section of Matthew 13 that Sarah read, three more uh, parables. So we're going to look at the uh, treasure in the field, the pearl of great price and the last one being the fishing net. So big idea today of what we're going to look at is the kingdom of God is more valuable than anything in this life but how we value it will determine our next life so the kingdom of God is the most valuable thing in this life but how we value it will determine the next life and so what I'm going to start with we're just going to go through the three short three parables and a little bit of postscript in Matthew 13 then we'll look at what we can learn from this and then what we can do out of this so if you've got your bible open turn to Matthew 13 starting there at verse 30 44 and we'll go through these parables and these parables are only found in Matthew's gospel uh, and three of them stress the value of the kingdom sorry two of them stress the value of the kingdom and the third one is about the separation of the kingdom so the first one is about the treasure in the field now Jesus is talking explicitly about the kingdom of God or in Matthew it's referred to as the kingdom of heaven and he says another parable let me tell you about it he says and what he talks about is a treasure that's been hidden in a field that a man finds now what's this about well Back in those days, before they had banks or safety deposit boxes or safes of any kind, if people had something really valuable, they wanted to 
keep hidden and keep safe from robbers or those around about, they'd have to find a way of doing it. And a very common thing to do was to take it out and to bury it in a place that only you knew about. And there underground, it was safe and no one could find it. No one knew it was there uh, and you knew it was there. So if you need to go and get it, you would find it. We actually see this idea in the parable of the talents with the third servant who just went and buried his talent in the ground. It's the same sort of idea. And so this happened, but what we find people might go off on a journey, they might not return, they might forget about where they'd hidden it, get lost, or something might happen to them. And so these treasures lay uh, kind of buried in fields with no one found them. And Jesus tells a story about a man who stumbles across one. Uh, he finds it, he wasn't looking for it, he wasn't searching, he just stumbled across this treasure in a field. Maybe he was plowing the field behind an oxen and, and the plow hits something. What's that? Under the ground, he digs it up and he finds a treasure there. Now, in those, back in those days, the legal position was that if you found something, you were entitled to the item. If it had been buried like that and you found it, uh, you were entitled to it. But also what was legal there, if the, the field belonged to someone, actually the owner of the field was entitled to it or the employer of the servant was entitled to it. So this particular man, found something he found he thought it was so valuable that he wanted it for himself so what he sought to do is he needs to buy the deed for the field because if he owned the field then the treasure was his and it says that he went and he sold everything he can to buy the field he sold everything he can he what he found the field was so important so valuable that he would go to any lengths and he obviously didn't have money of his own didn't have reserves he could kind of call on, I just go and buy the field with what I've got in my savings. He didn't have that kind of money, so he had to sell what he had, which might have been his home, his possessions, uh, things valuable to him, so he could buy the field. And what he found in the field was worth more than anything else. It was worth so much more than everything he had. Everything he owned, he considered lost for gaining what he found in that field. And so it is with the kingdom of God. Jesus was saying that it might not look much in the eyes of the world, but actually it is of infinite value. And it says in that little parable, the motive for the man's action was joy. It wasn't a hardship for him to sell what he had. It wasn't a hardship to tell maybe his home or his clothing or his possessions because what he gained was so much better. So it says in his joy, he went and sold everything, willingly, gladly, gave it all up to get the treasure in that field. Then Jesus goes on into that next parable, the parable of the pearl. He starts with that word again. So he's still talking about the kingdom. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Now, this is different. This man, this merchant, this buyer and seller is looking for something previous guy just stumbled upon it in a field the merchant is out looking for he knows what he's looking for he's looking for something of value and he is searching for wells maybe he is going through the markets by the sea where they're likely to have them being dug up uh, from the the shellfish at the bottom uh, of the sea and he's looking for it and he won't stop looking he won't stop searching the man is on a mission to find something of value and he says he comes across something he finds a pearl of great price a pearl of great value he finds what he's looking for and when he finds it when he sees it he acts decisively and he goes again and he sold all he has to get it he realized no there's nothing to there's no cost too great to gain what i'm after there is no cost too great too big i'm willing to sacrifice it all to get this pearl to get what i'm after to get this treasure and he delights in it when he gets it he is so glad he's not he hasn't got it to resell it like a buyer said he wants it for himself 
And the summary of these two parables is that the kingdom of God is of great value. The king of knowing God, being part of his kingdom, being part of his people, is great value. And the men involved in the parables are willing to give up everything and to sacrifice everything to get that, to attain that. One of them stumbled across it. One of them was searching for it. It didn't matter how they got to it, but they both responded in the same way, which is we're willing to give up everything we've got to gain this treasure, to gain this pearl of great value. And then Jesus ends with a third parable. Again, he starts, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. And so we get to this sort of final one of the section of um, chapter three. And we've had the parable of the sower, which is the beginning of the kingdom. Then we've had two parables on growth, the mustard seed and leaven. And then we had one on the weeds about the separation at the end and the fact there were two in the kingdom. Now we've got two more on value, the treasure and the pearl. And now we've got another one on this idea of separation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one. So Jesus has doubled down on all those things. The kingdom is going to grow. Two parables. The kingdom is a great valuable two parables. And now this is the second of the parable that deals with this kind of idea of separation. And so. What he uses to illustrate this is the image of a net, which would have been familiar to his hearers. Some of his disciples were fishermen. Uh, they were right by the lake we saw in uh, verse one. And so seeing uh, men going out on their boats and fishing would have been very normal. And so what they would have done, they would have gone out in their boats, you can see they had a really large net that would maybe taken a couple of guys to actually throw out, they'd have thrown it out into the sea, it had gone down, they'd have dragged it behind the boat, and then they'd have had that job of pulling it into the boat with all the fish inside when the net was full. And what we find here is that they throw the net into the sea and it gathered fish of every kind, which is just a kind of a shorthand way of Jesus saying everything was caught up. Everything was caught up in this net, fish of all kinds. Nothing was left out. Everyone had been brought up into this net. And then what happened is the fish were then sorted. And there were only two buckets. There were only two buckets to be sorted into. There was the good fish that were put there, taken one side, and there were the bad fish. It says they were thrown away. And so what Jesus is saying is there is a universal kind of gathering in that is everyone comes in and then there is a separating out those of the good fish and those of the bad fish and he said this is what is going to happen at the end of the age this is what will happen at the end of the age this is kind of familiar what we read in the parable of the weeds a few verses before there will be a separation actually if you read verses 49 and 50 it sounds very familiar to what we literally just read in the parable of the weeds last week and saying there will be a separation there will be judgment the angels are mentioned again because they're often appear in times of uh, judgment at the end of time the angels are figures there and it says there'll be a separation of the evil and the righteous and the evil are those who've lived wicked lives who have not repented of their sin they haven't sought god's forgiveness they're not part of his kingdom they're not going after him they've turned away from him. they've hardened their hearts and they're contrasted with the righteous and they are those who realize their own shortcomings they've thrown themselves on god's mercy they've sought god's forgiveness and it's not based on their own merit it's not based that they're better than the guys but it's those who've sought god's grace and mercy and received forgiveness and so there is a separating out and then you get fifth verse 50 which is really similar to the parable of louise when it says on that separation it says they will be thrown into the fiery furnace and that place they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth which is just a tragic horrific image of god's judgment 
um, and also um, the unrelenting kind of misery and suffering that means to be under God's wrath for eternity. And so we have this final picture that Jesus is saying is at the end, there will be a separation out. There'll be those who are part of the kingdom of God who will go one way. And there are those who are in the kingdom of God in the kingdom of the evil one. And they will go the other way and they will face punishment for their decisions. And then finally, um, there is like a postscript um, sort of at the end of the chapter, the last two things. And having taught all these uh, parables, not just the three we've looked at tonight, but the ones that have come before in Matthew 13, Jesus asked the obvious question of his hearers, disciples there saying, have you understood what I'm talking to you about? And they simply just say, yes, which is great that the disciples have understood it. Some of their actions later on think they might not have got all of it, but they're on the surface, they understand. They understand who Jesus is. They understand what he's teaching about. They understand that he's the Messiah. He's the king of his kingdom. And then Jesus ends with another kind of little illustration that uh, some people <clears throat> take as another parable. Some just say it's just kind of a word picture. It doesn't matter to us. But the important thing is we get what Jesus is talking about, and that is that he's saying that if you've understood these parables, if you've been listening to these sermons and kind of got these parables and got what God's trying to say to you and have responded in faith, them, he says, he says, you are like a scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven. And the scribes are here with those who study the word of God. Um, and Jesus has had, actually had opposition with the scribes at certain points, but those were individuals who studied the word of God but refused to see who Jesus was. And Jesus here is talking about those who have been trained in the kingdom of heaven. And that word trained just basically means be disciples. So it's those scribes who study God's word and now trained as disciples in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying you, you've understood what the scriptures are talking about. You understood what I've been talking about here. You understood what I've been saying to you. And he says those people... He said they're like the master of a house or uh, the master of the house, the ruler of a house. So this has been a wealthy individual who owns a house. He has uh, servants and possessions, a significant person. He said, if you've understood these parables about the kingdom of God, you're like that. And this man, this master of the house, he brings out treasure. He brings out treasure and that word treasure is a reference not just the treasure per se but to the kind of container box that the treasure would have been hidden in and locked away and he says they bring out this box of treasure and they bring out what is new and what is old and the point Jesus is making is actually those who understand the kingdom of God understand the truths that Jesus is speaking now but also they go back to the old truths that would have been um, you know what we now call our Old Testament all those prophetic words that point to who Jesus is, all those um, books that are written long ago, all those things that have shadows pointing to the Messiah. And Jesus says, if you get the kingdom of God, you get the old stuff, you understand that, and you also bring that out, and the new stuff that I'm teaching you out, and you see how they connect together. So those who've truly understood what Jesus, who Jesus is, isn't just Jesus now, but actually Jesus back in the Old Testament. If you go back and read that, you find the whole Old Testament points to Jesus anyway, and they are understanding something important. So if you've got the kingdom of God, if you've been trained in it, you can see the whole story, the whole picture, God's great big picture across the Bible to draw people to himself and have a kingdom with Jesus um, as the king. That's what it's all about. That's why we study the parables. That's what their message is. Ultimately, they all point to Jesus. So we've looked at those parables. Let's look at some things we can learn and then some things that we can do out of this. Three things that we can learn. Three things that we can learn from these parables we've seen tonight. First one is the kingdom of God is of infinite value. The kingdom of God is of infinite 
value. We see this so clearly in the treasure, uh, parable of the treasure and the parable of the pearl. The two individuals in the parable recognized what they had found, what they had come across, and they were glad to leave everything behind to get it. They came across it in different ways. One kind of stumbled across it, wasn't looking, wasn't um, interested in it. The other one was searching diligently, but the result was the same. They both reacted the same. They realized that everything of this earth, everything of this world was secondary to getting hold of the kingdom of God. Their homes, their possessions, their jobs, their status, they didn't matter when it came to the kingdom. And Jesus, through these parables, is highlighting what it means to be in God's kingdom and the value of it. It's something that, as we see with the eyes of faith, as we experience it, it's something that should captivate us. It should captivate our hearts. As we see who God is, as revealed in Jesus Christ, he should be our ultimate treasure. Jesus is of infinite value. When you say the kingdom of God is of infinite value, Jesus is the one. He's the king of that kingdom. He is of infinite value. His grace, his mercy, his power, his holiness, his love, it's all revealed in his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his future return one day. All that is of infinite value, knowing that, knowing what it means to be in relationship with God, um, approaching him as father through the work of the son and having the Holy Spirit in us now, God as Trinity. As we pursue that in our life, that should be of highest value to us. And everything else of this world, no matter how good it may be, is of secondary importance. The things like homes and jobs and families aren't bad per se, they just come a very distant second to Jesus himself. And to the point where we need to live lives where we are willing to give those up for the sake of pursuing Jesus. To be to give those up, to put those second place and put the pursuit of Jesus first place. We are to pursue the things of the kingdom, which means number one, pursuing God himself as Father, Son and Spirit. We are to pursue him in every way we can. We are to go after him. As we read our Bibles, as we pray, we are to pursue being part of God's family, the church, whether you're part of this church here in this place or you are dialing in and uh, being from another church in another place. You are to pursue being part of God's family. We are to pursue holiness in our lives and see that as a, a vital importance because that's what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a place of holiness. We've been made righteous and holy through Jesus Christ. Christ's death and resurrection we receive his righteousness but we are to pursue that in our lives we are to seek to pursue to love and serve one another's around us we are seek to, to seek to um, care for those in our spheres of influence we are to seeking to communicate the good news of Jesus saying hey we found treasure you need to find it too let me tell you about it let me kind of let you know what it's all about and we are to make daily decisions in our lives to value the kingdom of God and pursue with everything of God. And we do daily decisions kind of every day, how we live our life, but then occasionally big ones come up and we have to make big decisions to pursue God's kingdom. And this happened to us when we came to plant the church here in Sutton Coalfield when Mel and I felt a call to leave our home in Bishop Stortford and to come up here, we really had to kind of weigh what is this? Are we going to seek first God's kingdom? Are we going to go after him? Because it meant leaving our home behind. It meant leaving our 
jobs behind. It meant taking our very small little boy that we had at the time and moving across the country where there was nothing and trying to start something. And we had to decide what is more important to us. Is our comfort, is our jobs, is our income, is the family that we were a part of there at that church, is that it? Or is we going to follow God and his calling to come here to this place? And it was a tough decision. It was tough to move. Uh, we had to count the costs. We took a massive pay cut coming here uh, that cost us uh, much of our own money. Uh, we had to say goodbye to friends. We had to say goodbye to our family's church and jobs. But I tell you one thing, I would not change anything for the world. I wouldn't change it. I would, I would do it over again in an instant because my heart, Mel's heart and our family is to seek first his kingdom. We will put God's call on our life first. We'll go after what he's calling us to do first and foremost. And uh, we love that we're here. We love that we're part of Real Life Church and looking at all the great things God has done here. Second thing that we can learn from this is how we value the kingdom determines our future. How you value the kingdom now determines your future. The parable of the net shows this starkly. And it comes straight after the parable of the treasure and the pearl. So it's all about the kingdom being super valuable, infinitely valuable. And then you see Jesus then says, let me tell you another parable straight afterwards. And he's saying, how you respond to this message determines your future, determines your eternal future. Because the kingdom of God is either of the greatest value to you or it isn't. There's no middle ground. Jesus will accept no rivals. Jesus will accept no one on a par with him. He is number one. He is the king. He is the only one that we should be sharing. He is the only one we should be giving ultimate value to. And there is a clear line between accepting who Jesus is, and what he's done and what he's saying and his message and those who do not. And the results of that choice are eternal. That's the image we see there. We saw in the imagery and also in the parable of the weeds as well and Jesus is saying how we value the kingdom now determines our future and it's a sobering lesson for us to learn and to dwell on and the final thing that we can learn is those who understand the kingdom can teach others those who understand the kingdom can teach others that final illustration of the master of the house shows that if you've understood the kingdom if you are a believer a follower of Jesus if you've put your faith and trust in him. If you've turned from living your own way and choosing to follow him, you've repented of your sin, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you're going after him, you then are qualified to teach this message to others. If you've been trained in the way of the kingdom, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then you can tell others about him. You don't have to um, have gone to a university or a theological college, although those things can be good and they're not bad. But actually, if you've learned something and you've found something that's precious and you found the treasure and you found the pearl and you are pursuing it with everything you have, you can share this message with others. This is something precious that we get to share. And the reality is when we find things that are good and important, we just naturally tell others. We want to shout about it. We want to say, everyone, look what I found. This is amazing. And so we can do that. Uh, we don't have to be highly trained. Just look at the disciples of Jesus. Uh, they were called in the book of Acts. They were called uneducated men. Uneducated men, yet they were turning Jerusalem upside down with their preaching and their praying for the sick and the miracles, and they were full of the Holy Spirit. And we too can stand like that. We get the opportunity to tell this good news to others so they too can find this ultimate treasure. They, they too can become part of God's kingdom. Last thing, what can we do? There's two things I want us to do out of this as we dwell on this 
as we think about this. Here's a couple of things to just take away, do, process, talk with your life groups, talk with uh, friends and family, talk with your spouse. Uh, and the first one is check your priorities. Check your priorities. If you're listening to this and you're not a believer in Jesus uh, and you're not a follower in Jesus and you just kind of dialed in and you're, you're catching up with us, I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to say, what is your treasure? What is your pearl? What do you highly value in this life? What are you willing to sacrifice for? What do you spend your time thinking and talking about? Is it uh, family? Is it uh, career, relationships, uh, possessions? Is it a particular hobby? Uh, is it a cause of some sort that you're after? I just want to tell you that right here and now, whatever it is will ultimately not satisfy you and ultimately will not last. Uh, so many things that we pursue, we find just come to dust and we go after one thing and find us unsatisfying and we go after the next thing. And I, I want to tell you honestly and straight out, the only place that you will find ultimate meaning and satisfaction and true value is in Jesus. The only place you'll find it is in Jesus himself. And so I want to offer you the opportunity to come to know Jesus for yourself tonight. I want to say that you will turn away from living your life your way. I want you to turn away from them and come to Jesus. I want you to see him as his ultimate treasure, as God the Son who came to earth, lived a perfect life, died a death on the cross in your place for your sin, rose bodily from death, has now ascended into heaven and is ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father. And he will come one day to judge the living and the dead. All of us stand before him, just like that parable in the net. Everyone gets called in. Everyone gets come before him. And whether you're in the kingdom of God or not in the kingdom of God will ultimately uh, determine your eternity. That's the only decision. It doesn't matter what you did here. It doesn't matter how good your career went or your family or the house you lived in or how much money you earned. None of that matters. All that matters is how you accepted Jesus as the king of his kingdom and ultimately the king of the world. And so tonight, I'd love you to dwell on that. I'd love to talk to you about that. But please put your faith and trust in Jesus. What about you if you are a believer here? What about you if you are a believer here, which is most of us thinking about this? I want to ask you the same questions. What are you living for? What is your treasure and pearl? What do you value highly in this life what are you willing to sacrifice for what do you spend your time thinking and talking about what does your calendar bank balance web history conversations point to that you value most if someone came in who didn't know you and kind of observed your life, what would they say about you? If we asked your friends and interviewed them, what would they say about you? Is it the kingdom of God? Is it the kingdom of God? Are you living like the characters in those parables? The man in the field and the merchant looking for that pearl. Is the kingdom of God the most highly valued thing in your life and your family? Or have other things taken their place? Has, maybe it was once, but actually it's kind of gone down over time. Lockdown's been tough. Maybe there's other things going on in your life. I want to challenge you. Do you need to make some adjustments? Do you need to repent? Do you need to come before God and say, actually, I need to kind of put some things right? Because as 
Christians, we are to pursue God. We are to pursue his kingdom. We are to go after him, not because we have to, but because we get to. Because we've seen God for who he is, Father, Son, and Spirit, as the one of infinite value and worth, the one who can satisfy truly all the desires of our hearts, someone who has so captivated us that doing all the things of the kingdom are a joy to us. That as we read our Bible and pray, we are getting to commune with the one who created heaven and earth, knows us intimately and wants to know us and wants to be known by us. As we gather with God's people, we get to stand alongside brothers and sisters and worship with them and do life with them and learn from them. As we give our money to the cause of God's kingdom, others can come to know it themselves. As we serve, as we proclaim the message, as we do all these things, as we pray for our friends and our families, we do this because we get to, because God is worth it. As Father, Son, Spirit, he's someone we come before and we pour out our hearts with and we love him and we respond to his gracious invitation to come and have fellowship with him. We respond to his mercy in our lives. Have you been so captivated by who God is um, and the treasury is that these things are a joy to do for you? If you have, great. If you haven't, how do you get back on track? How do we bring ourselves back in line with what we should be doing. Well, let me suggest a few things. First of all, you need to um, acknowledge that, you know, maybe things have gone uh, not gone the way they should. Maybe things have dropped down your priority order that you need to confess to God. This is where I am. This is where I am. These things have got in the way. You then need to repent. You say, I'm going to turn away from those things. I'm not going to follow those things. I'm going to put things back where they should be in the rightful place. We confess our sins to God. We receive forgiveness from him and we have restored fellowship with him and we go after him with everything and we get our eyes back on him. We get into our Bible. We get into times of worship and prayer. We crank that music up and we let it flood us. We we get into fellowship with fellow believers who encourage us and spur us on in this journey. We pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit that we might know the presence of God with us and that we might have communion with him um, all um, every day. That book I suggested would be really helpful in that. Uh, get hold of that, read that. That would be fantastic. So that first one, things we can do, I want you to check your priorities. Take a bit of time yourself, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe tonight before you go to bed, check your priorities. Is there anything you need to get straight? Last thing, last thing, what can we do? Well, we can pass on what we've learned. We can pass on what we've learned. When good things happen, we want to share it. We can't help ourselves. Um, when you do that thing, just look at uh, people. When people have got great news, they want to tell everyone. They've got a new job. Um, they're in a new relationship. Someone gets pregnant. There's all fantastic news. We love to share it. And when we found Jesus as our treasure, we know our treasure, we just want to tell others. And so let's use every opportunity to get the good news of Jesus out. We, we can make use of social media. We may be stuck in our homes, but actually social media can go around the world. If you use that, make good use of that to tell people what's going on in your life, but tell them how important Jesus is to you. Practice telling your story. Can you tell your story in a minute, two minutes of how God changed your life, how it turns around, how it turns you around, how he is your ultimate treasure? Practice that story. How about asking the Holy Spirit to show you where he's working in the lives of people, maybe people, your neighbours or your colleagues or people around that you can then start praying into and seeing God move in others' lives. We're kind of going to end there.
There's a couple of things I'd love you to do out of that. Check your priorities and pass on what you've learned. But we're going to have a moment now to respond and do some business with God in this moment. So maybe you just want to close your eyes, kind of get ready for that. And I've asked Melanie to come and uh, share some stuff to help lead us in that. So Melanie, do you want to just kind of take over and lead us in this time? Yeah, Charlotte. Um, Charlotte, could you return the screen back to normal, not me spotlighted? Is that all right? Yeah, people might have to switch to gallery view um, rather than speaker view. So in the top right hand corner, there should be a circle with lots of little boxes. If you click on that, then you should be able to see everyone. Oh, I can't hear you, Charlotte. Sorry. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Still can't. Oh, it's fine. Leave it as it is. Leave it as you're spotlighted now, Charlotte, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, what I'd love us to do um, is, is, is I'd love it if you've got a bit of paper and a pen with you or your phone with you. I'm just going to, I'm going to share a few things and I'm going to get us to respond. Um, so I spent just an hour this afternoon with these parables and just said to God, like, is there anything you want to say to us specifically tonight um and so i've just got a few bits and pieces that i just want to kind of read out and if if one of them jumps out for you i want you to just jot it down and then matt and phil are going to play for a bit once i finish sharing and we're just going to respond in the moment i felt like um there's some things that Stuart's asked us to do out of the preach which we will do tomorrow and we will get on with and then there are some things that I feel like God wants to do in the moment now and so there are some things that I just feel like by the spirit he just wants to grab a hold of so I've got a few things and jot down anything that jumps out for you that you think oh gosh that's me that describes me you'll not be asked to come to the front or raise your hand or anything like that so you're sitting in your room it's between you and Jesus um, and, and you'll jot some things down, we'll play some music and you'll get a chance just to talk to God about it. So the first thing is, I felt like God wanted to redeem some stories. So your own personal story. Um, and I felt there were a couple of stories that he wanted to redeem. So one story is your story looks a little bit like you've been in and out so you've been in and out of church, you've been in and out with your relationship with God, you would say of your story that that there's inconsistencies with it, or you feel like at times you've been away from God, at times you've been back. I felt like God just wanted to redeem those kind of stories, wanted to say to you in all of your comings and goings, he was consistent, he was there. And that story, although there are parts that you might feel ashamed of, he still owns that story. He's still telling his story through it. And I felt like he just wanted to do something with your story. Um, I also felt some stories lately have felt really battered to the, to the point where it's messed with your original salvation story. So there's been things that have happened over the last few years uh, that have really messed with your original encounter with God, where you've just thought, I just don't understand some of 
why he would allow this or how this could happen. And I felt like God wanted to step down into your pain and into your story and say, all of it belongs to me. Like the shiny bits, the hard bits, all of it belongs to me. And I felt like he wanted to take you back to the beginning, take you to look at your story and say, look, I was there when it all began and I'm there in the pain as well. And I felt like he just wanted to, I don't know, just presence himself in your story. Uh, the next thing I felt was he wanted to talk to people who spot things or see things. So you're someone who has a prophetic gift that is quite practical. So you look around you, you notice things, you see things straight away. You can see need. You can see like, like it was it was in the Pearl story where I thought this was a guy who was looking for something. And you're someone who looks. You look around for needs. You look around for ways to help. You look around. And, and I felt like God just literally in this in these days wanted to say to you act quick when you see things when you notice things and you have power or ability to help do something and do it quick so in the moment react respond so send that message send that card send but he wanted there to be a speed about it in these times so that people would would look at it and go oh my gosh something of God just rushed in there uh, I hope that makes sense to someone. I felt the bit, everything he owned, I felt like there were still some people that needed to surrender things in their lives. So you know what they are, because as soon as I said that, something popped into your head that you thought, I have not surrendered that area of my life. So it could be things you watch, it could be things that you're doing, it could be money, it could be, it just could be areas of pride, it could be anything, areas where you think, I have not surrendered and you know what they are because straight away you thought oh man I know what that is I have not fully surrendered yet so you know Jesus but there are little bits and pieces that you hang back on and I felt like tonight he wanted you to literally get on the carpet on your hands and knees and say okay God it's all yours you can have the whole lot I'm handing it all over felt like there might be a little bit of repentance in there some things that you've watched some things you've seen even in lockdown where it's felt a bit hidden um and then who fishes so if you are a fisherman so you love to fish you love to go out fishing I felt like God had something specific to say to you so it might not be that you've got loads of time to do it now but you love to fish so as soon as I've said that, you've grinned and gone, yep, I love to fish. And there's something about fishing, I, I believe, because I'm not a fisherman, where you are hanging on, you are waiting, you are watching, you are persistent. And sometimes you guys go out all day and catch nothing. But what you are waiting for is the big catch. What you're hanging on for is that, that big thing that God's going to do. And I felt like for you, some of you are hanging on for breakthrough and healing and breakthrough and salvation and you're persistent in prayer and you're longing for stuff that you have not seen yet and I felt like God said just as a fisherman would hang on be persistent keep going so you're looking for breakthrough you're looking I, I felt like there would be a catch there would be something that comes in um I've got two more things so the next one is hell bothers you so the whole topic of hell bothers you. You have nightmares about it. You are worried about your own salvation. Even when we read the story of the net, there were bits about that that you just thought, that so bothers me. It bothers me that God would be like that. It bothers me that my salvation may be, may not be. I felt like God just wanted to deal with that. 
felt like he wanted to come and rush in with his love, rush in with his grace, but also give you revelation and give you some help with that, particularly over nightmares. So you see things um, and, and I felt like God just wanted to come in and break in on that. And then lastly, the new gems and old gems, I felt like God wanted to take hold of some people's Bible reading. So some of it's just got a bit stale in places. And God wanted to say there are old things that I want to bring back to you, but there's new things. And I felt like there was a season of opening your Bible and new things popping out in very familiar places. So places where you've where you feel like you've dredged for treasure loads. God bringing brand new stuff out, wanting to open up your Bible. So I realise that's a whole load of stuff that I've shared. Hopefully one or two bits have jumped out for you. What I want you to do now is take hold of one or two bits. If nothing has jumped out for you, literally just spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to ask Phil to just play and you can kneel where you are. You can take your piece of paper. You can doodle. You can hold your hands out. And you can just say, Holy Spirit, just come and help me. You might earth something from the preach. You might bring something from what I've shared, or it might be something completely different that you've got going on in your world right now that he just wants to step into. So we're going to give this about five minutes of Phil just playing quietly and give you a little bit of space and a little bit of time to meet with your God. And then it will go back over to Matt and he'll close us up. All right, Phil.
Yeah, Jesus. We do believe, Jesus, that in a moment you can bring freedom, you can bring relief. Lord Jesus, we do believe in a moment that you can change things. We do believe in a moment you can heal, in a moment you can save, in a moment you can deliver. Lord Jesus. And so we pray by your spirit, work on our hearts, work on our lives, work in our minds, work in our souls, Jesus. Bring freedom, bring recovery, bring relief to us, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We recognize you as the treasure. Jesus, we honor you, King Jesus.